The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again today as we take another few minutes to examine God's Word. We're glad you're with us as we are working through the life of Christ according to Matthew's Gospel. And we've said that at the beginning. I often explain why we use the phrase according to Matthew's Gospel. Uh, We do know that there are four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, all of them looking at the Word of God from different perspectives, each of them sharing a unique perspective of the story from how they saw it. It's not that they contradict each other. It's just that God uses their ability, their gifts, their perspective to allow us to see the story from multiple perspectives. And uh, one of the unique parts about the inspiration and preservation of Scripture. Uh, Today we're in Matthew chapter 25. As we jump ahead, we are still in what's known as the Olivet Discourse. Jesus is teaching. He's been walking in context through the end times, talking about um, the tribulation, talking about the time when Jesus would come, set his feet on the earth. And so we are still in in that context. No one knows the day, the hour when that's going to happen. Please remember that we stated that all prophecy referencing the second coming is not referencing the rapture. The second coming references Jesus is placing his feet on the earth, the rapture. We will meet the Lord in the air, according to 1 Thessalonians, I believe to be two separate um, uh, separate events taking place. Church history, for me, I believe the next thing we look for in church history is the rapture. This situation references, and there's a lot of different questions. Again, with prophecy, one of the unique things you're going to find is you could read 10 different people, and they're going to have 10 different unique points of view as to what we call the interpretation. What was the intended audience? Who was Jesus speaking to? Um, Before I begin to record this, I read five different commentators, and I got four different perspectives on what Matthew chapter 25, the first few verses, are referencing when it comes to interpretation. What's happening? in context is all agreed who these people are referencing in today's day uh, not in agreement but let me share with you what we have found today Matthew 25 beginning in verse 1 then the kingdom of heaven should be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom five of them were wise and five were foolish those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins around arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, no, lest there should be not enough for us and for you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with them to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. So obviously, the last verse we read does reference, we don't know the day when he's coming, referencing the ultimate second coming. But as a church, we look ahead in even a more imminent thing. We, we, we look at something, and because we said that the prophecies of the second coming refer to Jesus actually coming back to earth. As we look forward to the rapture, uh, 
you know, the, the many of the prophecies are years ahead when it comes, at least seven years ahead of us. So the simple premise, the application is very much the same. We should always be watching because we don't know when Jesus is coming. He could come today. He could come tomorrow. He could come when our grandchildren are adults. We, we don't know exactly when he's coming. Uh, the answer to that is not, and we talked about the other day, well, I can say, who cares? It doesn't matter. I'm going to go live my life the way I want to. Jesus is probably not coming when I'm alive. Or we could always be ready, which is the premise of the application we're looking at. Well, let's take a moment and unpack the verses we've just read. So much of what you're looking at, which is very typical, and, and it's a great teaching tool that Jesus would taught, was him referencing Jewish culture. And so uh, what you have is you have 10 virgins who took their lamps. Now, what would happen in culture? This is happening in other parts of the country still even to this day. Um, when a man was ready to get married, he would go to the bride's house, pick her up, and come back to his house for the celebration. Um, what would happen is, as he's coming back, 10 virgins, or these, in this case, 10 bridesmaids. These were not the women getting married, they the bridesmaids. They would wait and uh, they would escort him to his house, and there's a great celebration. Him and his new bride escort him back um, to the new celebration. Uh, in this situation, what happens is um, that uh, what happens is they wanted some of them brought oil because some occasions they didn't know how long it would take before the couple would come back. And, other, and, and so five of them brought oil to prepare in case it took a while, five did not. Well, as it is in some occasions, it took longer for the bridegroom to come. Um, the oil went out. They woke up realizing it's happened. The five wise refilled their oil, trimmed their lamps as it was saying. Five did not. Well, they wanted more and they're like, we don't it's not enough for all of us. You need to go buy some. And by the time they came back, the part of the, the the wedding feast was shut down. Everything was closed off. Now, let's. There's there's a. This is where you get into the question of who are the different people. Many I've read to believe that the ten versions are the church. Looking to that point, um, one I read that I think kind of really fits what we're looking at is the. Ten virgins probably were Israel in the tribulation time, and you've got the church. The church is the bride, uh, and he comes and brings his bride with him, and then those watching on the side would be Israel. Israel's God's chosen people, but there's a distinction. You've got God's chosen people, but the Scripture's always been clear that the, that the bride of Christ is the church. And so that seems to make the most sense when I've been looking and evaluating this um, and studying it out. Now, there, let's, let's look at the practical application, the simple application. And here's the unique thing is, while I can look and study five people that will have different perspectives, some believe that the virgins were the church, um, and some people in the church were not ready, and they never really got saved. And therefore, when he came, they weren't ready. They had all the religious knowledge, but they weren't ready. Therefore, they weren't allowed to be saved. Some believe it's Israel in the tribulation period um, that were not ready for that great tribulation time. And when it came to the end of the church and there was this marriage feast with the church uh, that they weren't ready. Um, can I can I say this? There's different opinions. I, I would tell you, and, and in many occasions, I would say that some aspects of prophecy and how you interpret it are important, are massively important because sometimes your interpretation of prophecy establishes your interpretation of a lot of the other aspects of Scripture. There are parts of Scripture referencing Israel in prophecy, and if we try to attach that to the church, then our interpretation becomes weak. In this situation, I think the application is not that set where we have to. Here's the application I would look at. Um, for us as a church, that's really what we're looking at right now, because what does this mean? What does this mean for us as the local church waiting for Jesus to come? It's the same application as we looked at before. Um, ten, ten ladies, ten people 
had the knowledge of what was coming. They knew the bridegroom was coming. They knew it was happening. Uh, they knew the culture. So we can say in our day and age, you got people uh, in the church, not the church, whatever it is, um, in, they have knowledge. They, they have the scriptural knowledge of what's coming. Uh, they've been given the facts. Some of them have prepared. Some of them have been saved. Some of them have given their life to Christ and are following him and believe in this and are preparing for it. Some have not. They've got religious knowledge, but they've never actually placed their faith in Jesus, never actually gotten saved. So at the end, uh, the door shut. Other people are not allowed in. I think the application works for Israel at the time of the tribulation. I think the application works for church today. You can actually go back to the uh, book of Genesis where the truth of the gospel, truth of the flood and get on the ark. And if you get on the ark, you'll be saved from the flood. Um, for hundred and some, over hundred plus years, uh, Noah begged them to come. They mocked him. They said, no, the rains came. They came and pounded on the door. And Noah said, I'm sorry, God shut the door. In this situation, it says, I do not know you. Now, I will say the intriguing thing when it says, I do not know you, that references back to a part at what is known as the great white throne judgment, where at the great white throne judgment, it's only unsaved. See, there's a judgment seat of Christ where we as a church would be. There's the great white throne judgment. The unsaved will be there. And the Bible tells us that there's going to be religious leaders who say, have we not done wonderful, great things in your name? And Jesus says, depart from me, Workers of iniquity, I never knew you. Same phraseology there. The simple principle is going to be that there's going to be some who, due to their own knowledge, they've been lied to, they, they won't follow scripture, they've twisted it. They have truth, but they want it to be their truth. You cannot have your truth when it comes to heaven. You cannot have your truth when it comes to eternity. You cannot have your way to heaven. There is one way. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. That is through Christ. And the world says you can have your religion, whatever it gets you, you can have your truth. It is the greatest lie of Satan in religion today. There is no your truth. There is no my truth. There is simply truth. Now, the truth is that Jesus loves you. He's gone to the cross for you. He wants you to be saved. But if you deny that truth, your end is hell, is eternity in hell. And that's not what Jesus wants. That's not why he went to the cross. So my challenge to you today is to not be so caught up in everyone else's truth. What does the Bible say? What is the truth? Not my truth, not the culture's truth, not uh, postmodern 21st century truth. What is the truth of Scripture? Because that's the only truth. And the ultimate truth is Jesus is coming. There is an end. There is a heaven and a hell. Are you prepared is the question we look at. And that is really the application I would pull from this today. And I would challenge you, if you're not, give us a chance to talk to you about it. If you have questions, reach out to us here, Grace Baptist Church at Bakersfield, California. Uh, you can call us, email us, go to our website, look us up, send me an email. I love an opportunity to answer your questions and encourage you because this truth is so such of such vital importance. Please remember, the answer is not just that there's only one way. The answer is God's offering that way to everyone through Jesus Christ, and you could even have that today. Well, thanks for joining us again today as we take a few minutes to study the teachings of Jesus. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to be part of your day. Hope you're encouraged by it. Spend some time again with us tomorrow as we finish the week out together, and uh, then we'll be back again next week. Thanks for joining us again today.